everybody, this is Aaron from AWOL Nation. And now, a special edition of the Toddcast Podcast. Thank you for taking some time here and joining us uh, in Vancouver, Canada for the Toddcast Podcast. Toddcast is a good name. It's going to yeah, be hard to beat the... It's a catchy one, isn't it? So, how's your story, man, with, uh, with COVID and uh, how are you, you know, holding on and people going stir-crazy just yet in your camp or... It's been a very interesting experience um, for humans around the world, for sure. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, hesita- I hesitate to almost admit any of the positive that I found in it, you know, because so, so many people have suffered and um, with health, also mental health, of course, um, and, and sort of, you know, job security and everything. I mean, it's been, it's, it's affected so much. Um, having said that, I've taken it as an opportunity to try to connect to people um, and with different artists and different people I've met over the years of since I first met you, because um, this, this journey has provided some unique opportunities to meet some interesting people that, that I realized had some uh, either wisdom or experience to share that differs from my experience. So I've decided to talk to um, different people, usually daily or weekly um, at noon on my Instagram live. And so that's been the main new thing I've done that I've never done anything like this before. So um, much like you, I've been trying to connect with people and I saw this as a opportunity to do so. And, and it kind of thrusted me into a, a place that I never imagined I'd be in. And as far as releasing the record and all that, it's, I, I feel really, uh, extremely grateful that I had music to share with people at this time that felt um, lyrically and emotionally fitting for, for this, this challenge we're facing right now. You're saying it's tough to, to mention the, the positivities of, you know, this certain time is, is, are the positivities mainly creative? No, the, the positive is that the positive with this is when you're presented with well, for the first time ever, we, we've been presented, at least in my lifetime, presented with a situation where we, I can't physically be with people. You know, right. that, that's starting to change and loosen up a lot now. But, um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's been weeks or months. It feels like I, I'm losing track of time for sure. I don't know if you're like that. The only reason I know what day it is because I knew Friday I was doing a podcast, right? You know, and, and things like that. But, but um, Pretty much the same for me, yeah. I think that the positivity is that I've connected with my family members and friends and fans and different mu- people f- within the community of music um, and even other people I've met along the way in, in, a, in a way that I've never done before. So that to me is the positive is that we take the things we take for granted, like staying connected, being able to hug your mom or, um, you know, different friends or see them or go to shows, even shitty shows. We can't even go to shitty shows right now, you know, right. or play them. So these things have, 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 the positive i you know because i'm one that i'm daily faced with looking at the world as half empty or half full of the glass so to speak and um, that's what this record is about after i dealt with um these california Wolsey fires that burned down my studio and a bunch of my land so that was you know that was a huge life lesson for me and to try to figure out ways to to move forward in a positive way and um so i wrote a record about it and, and created different characters and so now dealing with this I'm trying to approach and use some of the tools I learned through the fire experience to, to handle this um, mentally, really. Because, you know, all you got to do is turn on the news and you can see the physical scare and, um, and, and fear and, and the unknown. 
but um my my responsibility uh became how to talk about mental healthness uh, sorry mental health and how to how to stay positive because um it can be really hard to do sometimes it's hard to get out of bed you know and not just with this issue but especially what's going on here in the states and you know throughout america right now some days you feel like it's hard to get out of bed but the first step is to get out of bed and and, and try to connect with people and, and shed some positivity if you can not to keep using the word positive but i don't know no, what i know other- i yeah. I hear you, man. Cause like you turn on, like you say, you turn on uh news or you flip through your Facebook feed or whatever. And you see like the, the Minnesota riots, which are yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, so positivity, I think is probably a, a pretty good first step. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and there's a time and a place for it too. You know, you want to be sensitive to um, certain issues and, and take time to mourn situations. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had extreme loss or dealt with the breakup, but sometimes it's, it's helpful to have that moment to let the, the, the pain roll over you in a lot of ways and accept that. Cause if you run from it and keep um, putting little band-aids over that, they'll, they, they won't work in the long run. So I think there's a fine line. I'm no expert, man. I'm, I'm just navigating through life just like everybody else. You know um, I've just found that I've met so many people uh, along my journey that seem to be pretty interesting. And I wanted to share some of those relationships with others. So that's been, that's been my um been helpful for me i've learned a lot from a lot of my guests um whether it was duff mckagan from guns and roses to dr Wu, the best tattoo artist in the world to um phineas of course you know from billy eilish and and um samir from young the giant hannah from group love and and the list goes on and on and on it's been taylor from hansen the hansen brothers you know just in and, and trying to try to try to heal somehow, you know, and, and that's what is so beautiful about music and keeps us connected. You know, that's, I don't know, I don't know much, but I do know a lot about music and I, and I love a lot of it. And I know what I don't love as well when it comes to music. Um, and for better or for worse, that's what I've been studying and mo- been most passionate about my entire life. So I, I can share, I could share with the music community in that way. And I, I feel okay about that for sure. Aaron, talk to us about recording Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders. What's the process in like songwriting and getting into studio? What's the process for AWOL Nation? Well, as I mentioned before, the studio burned down. So um, after that happened, and That's you know that crazy. was sort of, yeah, like, totally. I mean that wow. was, that was my dream, my dream studio and all that stuff. You know, when you start writing songs, I never imagined that I'd have my own studio, uh, let alone before. You watch it burn down. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't. <laughs> I, I would have liked to see it actually burn just for the, for the, I don't know. You I don't know why. showed up and it, it was just burned to the ground? Yeah, I showed, when, when I finally got to see it, it was gone, you know. Um, wow. Wow. And nothing, nothing remained. I thought there'd be some sort of hardware from the drums or, or, you know, like something random, maybe a guitar string or something like that. But it was just, it was just ash. It was crazy, you know. Um, and uh, we even searched, my wife and I looked for like a piece of a symbol or something to make like art out of or keep for the, the new studio we build. Um, but so anyways, yeah, that was gone. And um, when I knew, I knew I could make a record inside a bedroom though. Um, again, another positive amongst chaos. So, you know, you lose your studio. So I, what else was I going to do? So I moved, I wasn't going to rent another studio, you know, and travel somewhere. I love working from home. So I, um, I just moved into a, bedroom right below where I'm talking to you right now. Um, and just started making a record that way. And, you know, I, I made a lot of music that way. So I don't necessarily need a fancy studio to make music. 
um, the most important thing are the ideas in your head. And I, I have no shortage of ideas. Um, you know, and then it's my job to decide which ones are good and which ones are maybe not so good. And, um, I've done an okay job at that, I think over the years. And, um, it, it was a different kind of experience. It was a different, it's a different sounding record than the one before it, which was made in that studio. Um, and I'm really happy with the result. And it's, it's, it's the most positive reaction I've ever got, uh, from a release. And, you know, maybe part of that has to do with that, you know, people, um, people really wanted to hear some new music in this time and uh, help, help provide some sort of escape from what was going on. Um, so hopefully when, when we all look back on this incredibly uh, bizarre time, um, I could be some sort of, or this record could be some sort of small little, you know, comfort blanket or something like that, you know? That's what you should have called it. <laughs> comfort blanket. Yeah. <laughs> And so prior to the coronavirus taking over the world, you were uh, ready to get on the road for the summer with uh, Bleaker. What's going on with that? Where, what's going on for, for your touring and stuff? I mean, obviously, like everybody else, you can't tour right now, but is it just continually getting pushed? Um, well, another Canadian group um, called The Beaches, they were going to be on the tour as well. Oh, cool. um, and I, I just talked to those, those girls on my my little instagram live thing and they were delightful um and andrew mcmahon in the wilderness was going to be on that tour as well um oh, wow. and, and so you know it, we we held on held on kind of knowing that it was going to get canceled eventually and it did and so we're, we just have our eyes on uh the future whenever whenever it's appropriate to to scramble together some sort of tour i just don't know you know so uh trying to stay hopeful with that um you know, the idea of playing like um, some massive room and only having 10% capacity being there doesn't sound super rad. It doesn't seem realistic to me. Um, but if that's the only option, maybe that's something we would look at. I'm not totally sure. You know, we hear different things. I'm sure you've heard different things than I've heard. Um, but I try, not to, I try not to consume too many rumors when it comes to this whole thing yeah. um, and take it, take it, as, it come day, as it comes day by day. I mean, I've kept my head down in a lot of ways and then you know without me knowing it or i didn't even know and then I, on instagram i saw that this local restaurant that i love is opening up and that was positive that was a positive thing to hear um for me so i guess same with touring i'm going to keep my head down and <clears throat> i know the people much smarter than me when it comes to touring are, are doing their best to figure out what the plan is and I'm hopeful that there can be something to do this year, but it seems more realistic to plan on next year, you know? Um, I think so, yeah. You know, I, I, I'd heard that Live Nation had thought about the idea of like the like a drive-in movie kind of where you drive up to see AWOL Nation. Um, yeah. What do you think of that idea? Well, I think as a, as a concert goer, it would be sweet because I could control the volume of... Because I would assume you'd get some sort of fancy feed into your stereo. Maybe it would be like a... a a radio Probably. station, you, you know, or, or or you just have the windows down and get blasted by the speakers. I'm not sure, but how cool would it be if you would control the volume? Because I'm, I'm sort of... I would think that that's what it would be, right? It Wouldn't it be like the yeah. board feed would go to each car? That would be... That would sound pretty cool. So, I mean, you know, selfishly, I would, I would enjoy the experience of going to see that because I could control the volume. And maybe if there's too much bass, I could turn down the bass on my own <laughs> EQ, you know? And it would be, hey, talk about like, talk about opportunities to have some great makeout sessions at a concert with no one really seeing you. There's, there, there's, there's a positive right there, you know, right. but, um, 
the, the interactive element of that with your fans and like it's so unique i, I don't know i don't know well, what, you can, i don't you, know what to make of it well you can set a clapping or doing the wave or putting your hands in there all these little tricks we could do things with like our windshield wipers or do things with with the uh, right. or our brake lights or whatever so i don't know man i mean yeah. it sounds a bit silly to me and a, a slightly ridiculous but who knows you know who knows the great thing about music is you can listen to it you don't have to physically be there to hear it so you can listen to it it's it's Anyone who has a phone, which is most of the world's population, can actually listen to music. I was just talking to uh, someone about this the other day. And, um, you know, oftentimes, like, you'll hear bands, usually older bands, sort of get upset about streaming and what it's done to the music industry. But I've always seen it as uh, such a positive thing because anyone can find music now. Even if even if you're not a subscriber to uh, a streaming platform, you could go, you could, if you have a browser at all you could go find it for free and listen to it and um music is so important that i think um it should be available to anyone who wants to hear it in a lot of ways so, so um yeah dude i work with uh some uh, from time to time at least once a year i kind of help out with um a local project uh, music heals yeah they'll go around to whatever hospice houses or you know mm -hmm. Uh, old people, young kids, and stuff, and the power of music is absolutely mind-bending. Like it is, you'll come to people that have like Alzheimer's; they can't yeah. remember their kid's name, but somehow they can sing all of the Elvis catalog. Yeah, and it's important because the Elvis catalog is really good. So that's, that's yeah, exactly. So yeah, I. Who knows? I'm I'm not someone that's going to be that is half you know dark and light right so i was thinking you know when, when we had to cancel the tour family members and some people are like oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but i mean I've, I've been so lucky with my career that i haven't found i haven't found the emotion to feel bad about it yet you know i mean there's a few shows i was looking forward to more than others um we were going to play a venue in town locally called the greek theater you know like everybody knows get them to the greek the movie so that's going to be kind of a special moment for friends and family and stuff like that and, there are plenty of shows and, and, and playing this record physically in front of people was something I was really looking forward to. Uh, but having said that, I look, I look forward to equally the, the opportunity to stay connected one way or another. And we're going to do a live record um, in the studio whenever it's legal and safe for us to all get together. I'm going to make a live record of these 10 songs together. And I, you know, I, I don't know if I would have done that otherwise. And so um, I don't know if I would have been talking to you like this, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, right. There's a lot of, um, you know, you in life when you're, you're, we're all traveling down different roads or trying to climb certain mountains and you're presented with a roadblock or a speed bump and you have to figure out how to get around it. So um, musically, that's where I'm at. And uh, I can't complain because I can still connect with people, you know? Right. Aaron, as you might imagine, when I mentioned that you were going to be a guest at the podcast, I got a bunch of AWOL Nation fan questions that I want to kind of uh, rip through some of these with you. Okay. Crystal wants to know what are your three albums you need if you're stuck on a deserted island? Um, that'd be a really hard one to answer. I don't have an answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't. I don't have an answer. Change day to day, week to week. It would be yeah. Month. It would just be that would be unfair. Like that would be a cruel, a cruel position to be in. I mean, hopefully, I could have three mixtapes or mixed CDs or whatever. You know. Um, yes. Good answer. You know, or, or three of my playlists, you know, cause like I often am asked who my favorite band is or artists of all time. And it's, it's always hard to answer. I have answers depending on the day. 
you know. Yeah. But um, I just I just can't answer that question. <laughs> I, I think most people yeah, would I, for that, you know, like when I hear that question, I instantly think, okay, which Beatles record am I going to choose? And I can't even choose one. So that if I can't even choose a Beatles album, how am I going to choose three? And I, I I respect and appreciate the question, but I have no answer. Dave wants to know, have you ever had a near-death experience, a brush with death? Yeah, multiple times. Um, surfing on multiple occasions where I was held down long enough that I thought, all right, there's, this is getting pretty close to, to it as far as being able to hold my breath and, and you know, scrapping to reach the surface. Um, and it being, you know, sometimes you'll be in a situation where you're tumbling around underwater and then you think, okay, cool, now, now I can start to float up to the top or to get grasped for air and then you realize oh shit i'm not even close to the surface and you keep going or there have been times where i thought i was heading up but i was heading down and then i touched the bottom like oh fuck i'm at the bottom of the ocean not at the top of the, the surface oh, where i wanted to be that's happened um definitely had a few a few uh experiences that um the answer is yes for sure yeah, it sounds like surfing definitely is uh, tested. Yeah, surfing and, and I mean, I, I look back on stupid decisions I made, you know, like we all do where I'm like, wow, that could have easily gone about in a bad direction for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I do often, I, you know, I talk to my wife who, um, who I haven't, I haven't known my whole life, but I, I often, um, you know, tell her how lucky I am to be alive in some ways. And, and, and in, in many mental states, uh, music has been the thing that's got me through. By the way, I normally ask this of uh, my my musical guests. What was the music in the Bruno house as a kid growing up? Like, what are the bands that your parents are like, exposing you to? Yeah, well, my mom listened to a lot of 80s pop radio. So I was getting Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, and, um, you know, which, which I still look at as a really good time of pop music. Cyndi Lauper, uh, anytime I hear girls just want to have fun. I want to have right. fun, you and know. What a, and what a fun <laughs> and, video too, right? With uh, oh yeah, dude, Captain Lou Albano. Did, you know, <laughs> great, you know, what a great voice, and and George Michael, you know. So I, I feel like I was around some really well crafted pop music, and 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 even at a point where people were still playing instruments, you know, in in that way. And U two was a pop group, basically. The Eagles were considered pop music because they were so big, so it was popular music popular as opposed music. to that's right as opposed to what we know as a pop sound now. And so that was that. But then on, on the other hand, my dad listened to a lot of funk music. He had the, he, he loved James Brown, Stanley Clark. Um, and that was sort of his deal. He kind of like rebelled against the, the uh, mainstream, like the Beach Boys and, and all the, those bands that my mom loved in the Beatles. He kind of like was rebelling against that, I guess, that mainstream narrative for whatever reason. So his way of doing that was with funk music. And then... Um, then my older brother, who we have different moms, he came to live with my family when I was uh, going into fourth grade. So I guess I was um, nine or 10. Yeah, nine or 10. And he introduced me to hip hop and rap music. And this was in the 80s before it was mainstream at all. And so that exploded my mind into another dimension, hearing beats and break beats and all that stuff. So, and I can still hear that influence heavily in my music today. Um, even though I don't rap, there's a lot of beats there are a lot of beats underneath it all that, that were heavily influenced by those impactful eighties, you know, hip hop records and nineties that were huge to me. And he also introduced me to um, Pantera, Iron Maiden, Metallica was becoming more mainstream at the time. Same with, you know, Guns N' Roses. And, yeah. um, but 
So I was kind of lucky to get it all. The only genre I didn't know was country music. And I have, I've had to listen to that over the last 10 years. Um, just personally going that, that deep dive of, of some of the really good deep older country that is rooted in sadness and despair and, and it's really deep stuff too. So there's really no genre I don't love at this point. Yeah. I feel the same way. Good song's a good song. Yeah. What was your first concert? My first concert was Sting at the Greek theater where I was supposed to play before this tour was canceled. Mm. That was my first concert. Um, but my first like mind blowing, that was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But I was pretty young and t- kind of timid, and you're sitting in the chair watching. But the first, like, real, real show was Bad Religion at the Santa Monica Civic Center. Um, and some really cool bands opened up, and that was my first time being thrown into a mosh pit and crowd surfing and feeling the camaraderie of, you know, people sweating together and, you know, something that seems so far away now. So um, that memory serves, uh, serves as very important to me right this minute. Yeah. All right, back to the uh, fan questions. Uh, Kyle, are you a fan of all the superhero movies that are being made? Well, although I find them to be uh, absolutely ridiculous, I can't help but enjoy them, you know, for sure. Yeah, I'm just bummed that they haven't captured Superman a little bit better um, because he's my favorite superhero. Totally unpopular answer, I know. I just read that uh, Henry Cavill is coming back, not as the follow-up to Man of Steel, but more in like a support role. Making mm-hmm. cameos and stuff in uh, future uh, DC Universe movies, which is great. I thought I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he did. Funny story about him: he was working at a restaurant as uh, a waiter, and he he left, and then has had a great career since then. Right? The person who filled his shoes, his name is Mark Weistrack at this at this restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. Mark Weistrack is a good friend of mine. And he, he left and went on to become a country star in a band called Midland. Mark got me the job to fill in for him because I was just broke. I was in debt without even the, the managers or the owners hiring me or, or interviewing me. I just showed up and they said, well, who the hell are you? I'm like, I, Mark hired me. They're like, Mark can't hire you. What are you doing here? I never got paid for the job. I worked two nights. They went out of business. I got a record deal. And then, they, you know, then AWOL took off. So Superman, Midland, the country. There's a separation going on there. <laughs> and then me. So I do love Superman. So I could say in some weird way I'm connected to him, you know, yeah. the Superman. But, you know, Ben Affleck sure ruined Batman. Holy shit, that's, that's really bad. So, I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. What did you think of that Superman-Batman movie? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it because I loved the story so much, but I thought it was, it was pretty, it was pretty gnar- gnarly for sure. You know, my wife and I just recently watched uh, all the uh, Christian Bale Batmans and those, those are really good. Those are so um, good. I can't even, I love origin stories so much. It's hard for me to not go with Batman Begins, but obviously Heath Ledger, rest in peace, was incredible as the Joker. And then Bane was unbelievable. And that one was so scary. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm mostly a Star Wars fan though, I should tell you. Star and, Wars, okay. Yeah, I, I unlike most people are, am, I'm pleased with how they concluded. I, I'm I'm happy with the last three, because um, I thought they would I thought they would ruin it, you know, or it, and I feel like they did a good service to the the history of Star Wars, and I you know I don't know what else they could have done. I mean, it'd be easy to tear apart the story and nitpick it, but I feel like they did a good job. Did you binge through the Mandalorian in like two days or what? 
Of course I did. I, I, I haven't watched Clone Wars yet, though. I want to do that. Really want to do that. that. Those are so good, man. Those are, are they? So good. Yeah, I can't. I, I started to I watched like five of them on tour, and then I stopped. And You're then talking now, about the cartoony animated uh, Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, they're yeah. good, man. They're good. And then, but now I have to start over with my wife because she loves Star Wars. So we'd have to like, I'd have to watch those five episodes. All, you know, when you presented with that situation, you have to just do it again. You know? Right, of course. And those first five, they were okay. I could tell it was just, it was character development. I was learning what these people were, you know. Right. What else have you been binge watching uh, lately? You know, I decided I didn't want to be programmed by shows and only be watching a show with a certain kind of environment um, or narrative. So we've decided to, Ever since day one of, of actual quarantine, um, we've decided to watch a movie each night. Um, and of course, you can't always do that. It's different life things happen, but we've, we've uh, labeled each night. So we'll, tonight's Friday, so Sci-Fi Friday. Nice. Tomorrow, tomorrow's uh, Sentimental sa- Saturday or Sappy Saturday, I forget. So we'll watch something kind of ridiculous for that. And then Sunday Super Sunday, which is just whatever, kind of a blockbuster. Monday is Manic Monday, so Action we watched Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, which she, my wife fought against, but we did, and it was rad. Um, trippy Tuesday, so something sort of more psychedelic or kind of out there, you know. Uh, wacky like, Wednesday. Like, like a fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just watched uh, Big Fish. I don't know if you remember that, Tim Burton yeah, movie. I remember that. Oh, yeah. It wasn't as great as I remember it to be, but it was, it was worth watching. And then Wacky Wednesday, some sort of comedy, you know, like you could throw like, you know, uh, Ace Ventura or something insane in there, Wayne's World, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, what's there? Oh, Thriller Thursday is a lot of fun. We've held to it, and it's been really fun. Shows are so incredible now. By doing this, I've I've allowed time to catch up. So once we're done with this exercise, there'll be like several shows that have concluded that I could watch through. So there's nothing worse than you know, like I was looking forward to the new season of um, of uh, Westworld. Yeah, but it would it would be a bummer to watch that once a week now, right? Because we're so spoiled. So and I'm just weird. It's just a weird way yeah. to watch. Like the Mandalorian was that oh, yeah. style of like it's once a week or whatever. Yeah, that was frust- that was frustrating. But man, it would have taken us like one night to watch that if, had they done it the other way. You know? Ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, which superpower would you want to have? Just like any any I could think of. Or, or based on real guys or girls. Anything you can think of. I was just talking to my wife about this. And um, I mean, that, you know, that, that changes a lot. Um, but time travel would be at the top of the list. And I say that mostly because I would be able to go back and check out so many different shows I didn't get to see or, or you know, see these great moments in history. But most importantly to me, selfishly, completely is uh, I'd go back in time and I'd surf the best waves that would have no, before people surfed. And I would have the knowledge, I would have the knowledge of how a surfboard is made. Although I'm not a shaper myself, but I would be able to find some sort of craftsman to help me complete my idea. And I would ride these waves that weren't ridden yet. And it would be just, I mean, that'd that'd be it. People would be like, look at this lunatic. What is he maybe doing? yeah, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't care because the you know I'd just be so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, uh, back to a couple more. Uh, thank you again, Aaron, for the time. Uh, I I don't want to I don't want to monopolize too much of it. So oh no worries, man. Yeah, 
Greg says, uh, they've spotted UFOs. Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Who spotted UFOs? Uh, the government, I guess. Yeah. Well, I would say that when a certain narrative becomes mainstream um, and it seems to be pushed on you by all different outlets, I often question the intention behind it. And so growing up, you know, aliens were thought of as you're, you're crazy to think there's aliens, right? You know, and so I thought, well, obviously there's aliens. There must be, you know, it's, it's, it's logic. It's, it's scientifically, uh, you know, probable that there are aliens. But now that it's become such a mainstream belief, it makes me wonder, it makes me question my, my first intuition because it's become so commonly thought, if that makes any sense. So the answer is, I, I don't know. I've personally never seen one. So that's the, only, that's the only issue with that question and answer. So my answer is that I don't have an answer. There have been many times where I thought there's no doubt that there's aliens in this whole, this whole complicated ordeal. But again, because it's so mainstream, now I, it, it, I, I, my philosophy is to always question when I'm being fed something, if that makes sense. Interesting. Thoughts on legalized marijuana? Well, it's, it's legal, right? I mean, I don't, I used to, I don't really have many thoughts on it at all because it's, uh, I suppose it should have been legal all along. 100%. There are much more, much more dangerous things that are legal, you know, that are, that are widely prescribed irresponsibly, I think. And um, so, you know, I don't really have any, I, I don't know if it's an issue for you guys there, but it's, it's just basically legal here, you know, so I don't, I don't think much about it. Although, yeah, since no, it's, I mean, it's completely legal across Canada. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, you know, anytime the government gets involved in something, you know, you, you got to wonder what the intentions are just like, they want money. Give me yeah, some. definitely. I mean, um, that's it, what their intentions are. I'll, I'll say that. I, I think that, that it's, uh, it's amazing that, and it's gotta be positive that people that really need sort of more on the pain relief side can legally explore that now. So that's, that's definitely awesome. But I, I have friends and, friends and family members who have struggled with, with certain physical things that, that they've used marijuana to help them be more comfortable. And that's awesome. Right. That's a good thing. Okay, Aaron, I'll wrap it up with what I think might be the toughest question. Can you nail it down to one career highlight? Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of impossible. Um, right. So I, I'm going to be like a politician and basically not answer the questions. You they're, know? they're all been good. You know, each step uh, of the way is, uh, you know. Well, it's, 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 I think that, I think that just the fact that I'm talking to you today and ha am still relevant and, and have a career is, is overall, I mean, that's kind of a bullshit answer. So I apologize to skate around it, but it's like, I was at a point before I made this, the first AWOL record where I thought no one was ever going to listen to these songs. And um, that whole first record became sort of a phenomenon and, and still lives on today. Um, so I guess just the fact, I mean, the fact that going full circle back to when I was, had that job as a waiter and I didn't even get paid for the two days I worked because they went out of business and I couldn't flag down the owner. But um, <laughs> that was so funny and weird. But um, oh, man. the fact that I got out of debt for starters was probably the coolest thing for me. And then, of course, you know, there's been been a lot of, of success since that moment. But 
but just having the opportunity to get out of debt at all and start over um, almost a second chance after all these failed other projects I had done um, would probably, I guess, overall be, I mean, there's all these things we've opened up for the Rolling Stones, you know, I have these, well, I used to have these, uh, all these platinum plaques for the first record and sale, especially like in, in the song, not your fault that were over to, to my right. And then my wife finally said, uh, Hey, do you care about these, uh, these awards and accomplishments you have? And, um, I said, you know, I, I guess I don't, I don't. I, so, so they're gone. I, she, so she put them in storage. So they were collecting dust here for the longest time and they didn't aesthetically look cool in my house at all. And I didn't ever, I didn't ever have it in me to, hang up an award on my wall you know and so they're gone so she's pretty cool like that she she's good at uh um not allowing any of the stuff to become a really big deal and keep it keep life you know what's what's most important in life in front of me um this doesn't answer your question at all no i think it does though i mean ultimately what you're saying is like you're still here people still give a shit about aaron and awol nation and that's a that in itself is a feat dude I mean, that is, and I would say, long. like, just that, just that they cared ever at all. You know, for any fans who lost along the way, I'm appreciative that anyone ever cared. You know, right. so um, you know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I will say though that like, there are many artists I I really looked up to and still look up to that have reached out to me um and and said very kind, encouraging, and supportive things about the songs I've written and throughout my career. And those are probably the coolest moments as far as being accepted by my peers. Um, you know, it, because it's one thing for critics or blogs to say this or that, you know, and you never know what, what angle they're coming from or what kind of music they're into or whatever. But it's another thing to, to hear um, positivity from, well, so I just did this Beck cover. I did a cover for Deezer uh, and, I did a song called Guess I'm Doing Fine. And then I saw that he reposted it. So I reached out and said, hey, is this, is this really you? And he said, yeah, it's really me. And um, he said that he loved the version of that song. And I never thought I'd be talking to Beck, someone I look up to. Or, you know, I became buddies with Rivers Cuomo and he likes my music. I can say that. And he sang on my record. You know, so th those things are actually more important to me than, than hearing any good review from some supposed music critic, you know. Right. And I've been, I've been lucky to, to meet a lot of my heroes for sure. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you again for taking some time here to join us. Uh, the Toddcast in Vancouver, Canada, you're easy to find online. Uh, simply your band name, AWOL nation on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And I've been trying, you know, for anyone who's interested, I've been trying to keep these conversations pretty interesting weekly. Um, this last week, uh, I didn't really have any guests and, Zach from Portugal, the man was, was, we were going to talk yesterday, but something came up. So we're going to reschedule hopefully for next week. Um, so yeah, check out, check out the different guests. Cause he, even if you don't like my music, these other people um, have been really interesting and, and I do a decent job of getting, getting information out of them that they usually wouldn't share with most people. I feel like I, that, that I can say. So yeah, join me. Very cool, man. All right. We'll see you online. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.